Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the abandoned Matt. Hello there. Silky smooth intro after last week. Well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, one, I actually... one of the best. One of the all-time oh. greats. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'm now immediately on the back foot again because I don't know how to take a compliment. Uh, <laughs> um, we're talking about Orphan 55 this week, Matt. We are. We are, very speaking excited. of all-time greats. Yeah, very excited to get your thoughts on that. No interest in getting the listeners' thoughts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're, yeah. No, because we're done with it. We're done with yeah. it, aren't we, Matt? Yeah. David, we <laughs> uh, people are up in arms about this. <laughs> really? Yeah. The thing is, like, I, I watched Orphan 55 today, and I was like, oh, maybe next week I'll bring back mm-hmm. listener tweets. But then I saw the trailer and it was just some junk about Nikola Tesla. I was like, I don't really want to hear anyone talking about that. So no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, listeners. Um, what? What? I haven't been looking at the numbers, Matt. Are the numbers suffering? <laughs> uh, they're fairly consistent. You know what our listeners are like. Treat them mean, keep them keen. <laughs> <laughs> but you anyway, know. we've got ex- we've got exciting new segments. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Doctor Who related ones, you know. Yeah. I can't complain too much. Uh, which one are we going for first this week? Ooh. We haven't established an order like we had last week. Like we last haven't. Year, sorry. We haven't. Um, should we do the Should we do the alphabet one? Because I've, I've I've it's been nice. I've done a bit of actual thinking about this all through the week. Um, so does it have an official title? This segment. Uh, it's the neither the time nor the space definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Oh, excellent! Just I mean, rolls I, off the tongue, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And uh, presumably, this is going to be our first Christmas tie-in book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, David. Yes. Hello. I I was worried that I was going to overlook an obvious choice for A mm. for this week. Right. So I did put a message out on Twitter saying, what would other people say? Do you want to hear it? I mean, it's technically a different segment. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. No! No! Never, David! (laughs) We got loads of responses. You're weakening. Uh, I am. I am. I should hold my nerve. Yeah. Stand firm against them. Okay, um, so Matt, what would be your pick for the letter A then? Right. Well, I actually the wrote... entire history of Doctor Who to 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 get through here. Yeah, I actually wrote a little list of ones. Right. So, okay. So my initial reaction was Amy Pond. Oh yeah, good choice. Good choice. That that was an era of the show that I really enjoyed. You know, I, Would you I, say I, that's that it has been peak Doctor Who for you? The, the yeah, scene, probably, probably, yeah, yeah. It was just when it was really fun. Like Capaldi's yeah. was really good, but was it always fun? Like that's there was sometimes when it was really, really tense and yeah, you know. I uh, have been watching some reaction videos of I, I it's a it's a terrible habit but I, I watch too, far too many Doctor Who reaction videos on on the old YouTube's and uh one of the reactors I've I've, I've been watching I've, I've gotten got up to the point where they where, where they're on series 5 and 
I, I know exactly what you mean. There is just a, a, a joyousness to that series in particular that is yeah. kind of hard to beat. Yeah. Um, other options I went for. Mm-hmm. Arachnids in the UK. That all-time classic. Yeah, where the Doctor just goes a bit non-doctory for a bit. Yeah. Where there's an yeah. entire species. Yeah, uh, it doesn't sit well, does it? I went for Aztecs, which I know we haven't watched, but people seem to harp on about it quite a lot. It's quite quite, uh, quite a highly esteemed early Hartnell story. It's one I would like us to do one day, if we get the opportunity. Okay. Uh, I went for Absorbaloff. Yes, also on my short list. Yeah. Because y- you can't not. Favourite of the pod, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So much so you named your only son after him. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Uh, I then went for Anthony Ainley. You know I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's beautiful. You're partial to a bit of the Ainley. Yeah. What did you think of my little trailer that I made for this week's show where I did a deep fake on Anthony Ainley? Haunting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Deeply upsetting, Matt. Uh, You do need to stop doing that. Right. Uh, I also did a Patrick Troughton one. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then my final choice, David, my selection for mm-hmm. this week's A to Z. I'm going to go for the Autons. Oh, excellent choice, Matt. It was also on my shortlist, the Autons. Um, yeah. I'm just turning to a. Show you working? Yeah, I'm just turning to a new page because I'm going to write down week by week what we went for. Oh, excellent. Uh, Good so choice. I'll just put my name there. And uh, your name... It is David, isn't it? It is David, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or vitamin D to your friends. Yes, as indeed. we established last week. Right, so I went for the Autons. Yeah. So, obviously, like, that's where this project began. If you go yes. all the way back to Rose, like, the very first villain I saw the Doctor yeah. come into conflict with was the Autons. Yeah. Uh, likewise, when we watch Spearhead from Space, that's probably been my favourite classic story that isn't, you know, like a big regeneration or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a... I know it's a first story for Pertwee's Doctor, but, yeah, just a good fun. And I, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't put them at the top. If we were doing one of those absolute douchebag YouTube, like, tier rankings... I would have uh-huh. put them in the god tier. Uh-huh. Like, but, you know, as an enemy, they're not really, like, that standout, are they? But I've liked every story I've seen of them. And the, like I say, the... it, in terms of my own Doctor Who journey, if you will, mm-hmm. they've been pretty important. Absolutely. And for a lot of people, because at the end of the day, they kick-started two really significant eras of Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the 2005 revival and also the first time the Doctor was broadcast in colour. Yeah. You know, brand and... new Doctor. It, it, they, they, it, and I don't... It's, it's not a coincidence that RTD chose the Autons to kickstart his vision of Doctor Who. Um, you know, they for, for a villain that has only featured as like the, the primary antagonist in three stories... They are very... They are iconic. They are very Doctor Who-y. 
Yeah, you know. and it it's not to say that they're not scary. You know, I, if anything, I found the old ones a bit scarier than new ones because the oh, uh, yeah, the costumes were a bit crap. But yeah. like, yeah, no. Uh, every, every time I've seen them, what's the other story they're in that we haven't seen? Terror of the Autons. Who? Who? Which doctor's that? That's another Pertwee. All right. Well, maybe when we get back round to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I th- I think there's a very high chance we might do Terror of the Autons next for Pertwee. Um, yeah, I, I, like I say, so my first induction is going to be the Autons. Now, before we get to your induction, David. Yes. Were there any on your short list that I missed that you think uh, deserve a mention? The the ones that the ones on the short list that um, I had were largely the same as yours. Actually, I had Anthony Ainley, I had uh, Absorbaloff, I had the Autons, uh, I also had the Axons, who are a personal favourite one-off villain that I would love to see make a comeback for the new series. We, we haven't seen them in classic, have we? We haven't seen. I, I recognise the name, but I can't. No. Yeah. Uh, Claws of Axos was on my shortlist for last time we did Pertwee, but we ultimately went with Spearhead, which was probably the right choice. I don't think there are many people who love Claws of Axos quite as much as I do, mm-hmm. but um, I really, I'm very, very fond of that story. Um, so ultimately, I didn't go for any of those, though. I went with the one that really started it all. An Unearthly Child. Ah, okay. The very first... uh, I mean, depending on if you want to split hairs, first episode or first story. uh, Some people, you know, sometimes there's this bickering about that sort of thing because this was in the days when each individual segment of a story had its own title. Um, But anyway, I mean, that first episode alone is, I think... It, it, it's, it truly stands the test of time as a magnificent piece of televisual story t- storytelling of that era um, and is a key reason that Doctor Who managed to establish any longevity. And I think also, as if I'm allowed a little bonus mention, uh, it's another A thing, an adventure in space and time. The uh, Mark Gatiss 50th anniversary um, docudrama, the way it gently mythologizes the making of that episode of television, I think is really, really well done and has only added to the already high esteem in which that particular episode is is, uh, held amongst fandom, you know. I think the story, this, the sort of pioneering spirit, which, um, which drove that, you know, the creation of Doctor Who, is very much embodied in that first episode. Um, so there's something kind of magical about it. I, I, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm denied about some of the other things, but ultimately, I think it that's got to be it, hasn't it? For, yeah. for you know yeah it's a good place to start isn't it absolutely absolutely so but maybe not if you're brand new to doctor who don't yeah. actually start with an earthly <laughs> child unless you have a high tolerance for tv as it was made over 50 years ago 
So next week, David, we'll be moving yes. on to B. B. Yeah. Is, is there anything get my thinking cap that on. jumps out to you immediately? Um, Bradley there's few, Walsh. But there's a few. I'm going to keep them under my hat for now. I think. Bernard Cribbins. You see, he's one of those rare examples of a um, of a Doctor Who actor who who has appeared both on television and film adaptations of Doctor Who. Oh. Um, you know, Cribbins is actually not a bad shout at all. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we will have this discussion next week, Matt. Yep. In the meantime, listeners, do send in your thoughts about what your your picks for B would be. Yep. And we won't read them out next week. Yep. <laughs> I mean, nothing if not honest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we for- I forgot to ask David before we jumped into Doctor Who stuff. How's your week been? Yeah. You had a oh, nice week. Um, yeah, it's been all right. Um, it's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, work and then a bit of not work. Going to make sushi with my son later. Oh, nice today. Yeah, looking forward to that. He's got he's gotten really into sushi recently. Oh, good. There are worse things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, sex, yeah. drugs, and rock and roll. He's only young. I don't know. David. Those all sound quite nice, if I'm being honest. Matt. Not, not for a toddler, David. Come on. Not for a toddler. No. I mean, rock and roll's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not really into the old dad rock yet. No. I've, uh, I've, tr- I've tried a little bit here and there. It's yeah. not. It's not taking. It's not taking. Yeah. He's only three, and he's already the coolest member of your family. Yeah. No argument for me there. <laughs> Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, what about you? What's your week been like, Matt? Hell. <laughs> um, so, basically, was at work on Wednesday. Got an email that said, can we just have a quick meeting after work, everybody? Come and sit in the hall. And we got the call that Ofsted were coming. Uh, yeah. So that is the yeah. office for... Not the offers, the office for standards in education. Basically, just really, really nice people making really critical judgments about your work. <laughs> With often fairly inadequate evidence, because, that you know, like any branch of uh, UK government at this point, they, they actually don't have the resources to do their job properly. <laughs> no, but, for example, they always see core subjects, maths, English, science... Yeah. And then they choose one other subject to focus in on. So I'm a science teacher I got focused on. And obviously there's a massive national directive in looking at uh, disadvantaged SEN boys, uh, which is basically my specialism. I basically teach all the bottom sets, which are troubled young men. Uh, so, so I got observed three times in two days. That's intense. Yeah, that's really intense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, I genuinely think we're going to get some good news. I think as, as a team, we pulled it out of the bag. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't go our way, it's not for lack of trying. Uh, no, I, absolutely. I did come home on Friday, uh, drink four cans of premium strength lager, and I would say about a third of a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one way to deal with it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I got so I mean, drunk that when I fell asleep, 
And when I say I, when I fell asleep, I mean in my chair. I didn't even make it to bed. Uh, I had a dream that I was the best man at Prince William's wedding. Oh, how lovely. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 genuinely, hand on heart, Matt. I, I really hope um, you... Uh, you know, you get the results you deserve um, because I, I, I know, I don't think I ever, ha- I, I, I have, I, I've never seen you teach, obviously. It would be quite weird for a 30, <laughs> 34 year old man to just sort of loiter in the back of, in fact, I say 34, I'm 35 now, I think. I've lost track. Um, but anyway, to just be loitering in the back of one of your lessons for no discernible reason. Um, but I, I firmly believe that if you had been my science teacher at school, I probably would have uh, enjoyed studying science a good, a good amount more than I ever did. Um, See, er- and... earlier in the week, before we even knew Ofsted were coming, yeah. um, because we've been preparing for it, we kind of knew it was on the horizon, we didn't know quite when, uh, but I was teaching a lesson on uh, descriptive statistics, so um, I was trying to explain to my class that I, I, I was taught how to remember which statistic is which in primary school through a song. And I was like, I'm going to sing you this song now and you will remember it for the rest of your lives. In your GCSEs, you'll be able to recall this. Um, yeah. You know, I learned it 20 years ago. And at that exact moment, my boss's 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 boss entered the room, just <laughs> just doing a walkthrough, and he was like, "Don't stop on my account, sir. Off you go." So in, <laughs> in, in front of like the CEO of like our learning trust, I had to like go. Mean is average. Mean is average. Modes the most. Modes the most. <laughs> Medians the middle. Medians the middle. Range high low. Range high low. <laughs> and you know you'll never forget it when you need to know you which won't. average is which. Sing that little song. But yeah, pretty embarrassing when the guy who pays my wages just strolls in. That is some exceptional timing on their part. We're yeah. talking um, like BBC One sitcom level perfect yeah. Yeah. <laughs> timing for, I mean, for maximum embarrassment. It goes without saying, I would not have taught my lesson that way if I knew he was entering the room. But... <laughs> a little, but sing, you, a little but sing song never did anyone any harm, did it? Well, if 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 uh, we've learned no other lessons from this podcast, then uh, that's certainly true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so shall we crack on with the other, um, as yet not not Jettiston segment of the podcast? Yeah. Though I feel like it's the it's the more likely of the two to end up on the chopping block. Um, if only because there is no end inside of it, and it remains, it it's going to be highly variable. I feel like, um, but I'm just bringing up the old searchwise.net so we can do um, a little dose of have I got who's for you? I don't know if you want to edit in a I don't know an old dial-up modem or something at this point, Matt. Um, Easy. Yep.
so here we are searchwise.net doctor who let's click on the news tab here so we've got uh top here um from the daily mirror doctor who fans charged eye-watering 220 pounds for meet and greet with jodie whittaker <laughs> yeah you, you can get expensive. a lovely meal for that price 220 pounds yeah but please don't tell us about it matt because that you know don't hijack the segment Oh, I need to put that on pause because it. I know we're not allowed to discuss food we've eaten this week. Have yeah. I told you about the, the big posh meal I had with my wife? No, I've seen the pictures, but I haven't actually heard about it. Right. Uh, and to be clear, this is just for me and you. This isn't for the listeners. Yeah, when we stop recording, I'll talk you through it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right then, so... Daily Mail, I don't know why this is coming up in news under, for Doctor Who. Danny Dyer is seen for the first time since announcing EastEnders' exit. Uh, yes, please. Could I have that? OK, should we just check? There's nothing else. I'll just read you a couple more just in case anyone's uh, any of these are tickling your fancy. We've got Vicky McClure rules herself out of replacing Jodie Whittaker on Doctor Who. Quote, it's not for me. Oh, do you know what, though? She'd be excellent. Mm. What's she been in? Is she one of these line of duty ones? She is, and she's in This Is England. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm aware of it. I've never seen it. She's one of those people who, everything I've seen her in, she's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we've we've got Plymouth Live again, man. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Rename the segment. Me. <laughs> Former Doctor Who cast members discuss returning for special. I'd love that one, please. Okay, that's the one, is it? Yes, okay, please. Plymouth Live. Do, do we put just... Plymouth Live in the uh, Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, we'll have to see. If they keep delivering, then uh, there's uh, a good chance. So this is by uh, by their journalist Elliot Baum. Okay, he's a newbie. Um, We've not heard from Elliot before. We haven't. So, um, let's just scroll straight down to the first paragraph. It is no secret that one of Britain's most famous exports on the world is the much-beloved BBC One sci-fi show Doctor Who, and next year it turns 60. And if you're new to Who, you may not be aware that it is something of a tradition that former characters, usually previous incarnations of the Doctor, return to shake hands with the current regeneration. Um, the little summary of what we had for the 50th there. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so Russell T. Davis, um, speaking about his return, said, I'm beyond excited to be back on my favourite show. Um, this is just, you know, the thing from the press release several months ago. Uh, really, really just um, managing to um, spin an article out of absolutely no news here by the looks of it. Um, I'm going to see what we've got. Oh, it's a, it's a breakdown. Um, so we, first of all, Christopher Eccleston, let's see what he said. Speaking no. during a Q&A. I bet he, just like I did earlier, I bet he just says, No. <laughs> Speaking during a Q&A as part of Dragon Con, Eggleston explained why a 60th anniversary return was, quote, doubtful, saying, my relationship with the BBC over Doctor Who has not healed. Um, I won't, I'll, I'll leave it there with that. 
So yeah, tennis. I'm certain we discussed that at the time. Um, Tennant. So speaking with Digital Spy, uh, David Tennant said, it all depends. The moment you say yes to Doctor Who, even before you've done an episode, you're being asked whether you go back after you finish. I don't know if this happens to James Bond. I don't know if Piers Brosnan gets asked if he'd go back to James Bond because there's that element of fantasy. Anything is ultimately possible. You should never say never to anything. I think that way madness lies. So, understandably, not saying a damn thing. I think this is going to be sort of the theme of the remainder. Um, so, Matt Smith speaking to CNET. Um... The star revealed that he was pleased that Russell T. Davis would be back as the showrunner for the series, explaining, I think he oversaw one of the great 10 years of Doctor Who. He's a great guy. He's a brilliant writer. I think he manages to get in the cultural zeitgeist, which is what the show needs to do. I mean, far be it for me to nitpick Matt Smith's uh, comments, but it wasn't 10 years, was it? It was about five, Matt. Anyway, <laughs> um, exciting move for the show. So I'm sure one of his scripts would be just brilliant. I haven't heard and no one's picked up the phone yet. I mean, it is still um, a year or so away, isn't it? It is, it is. There's certainly time. And also, I think even, even if they have had scripts on their, on their desks or whatever, we are not going to hear about it until the BBC are ready for us to hear about it. Unless one of the tabloids gets a, a leak and at which point the BBC will do their damnedest to uh, get in ahead of the tabloids. But um, I think we've got a bit of a wait on our hands to actually get a definitive answer about any of this. Uh, so just to round it out, Capaldi said, uh, talking to BBC Radio Sunday with Stephen Rainey, I wouldn't really fancy that. There are so many doctors now. I'm quite happy with what I did, you know. I loved my time on Doctor Who, but I think the more multi-Doctor stories you have, the less effective they are, really. So, interesting. Even though he's a card-carrying fan. Oh, and I've got to say, top comment here from uh, from someone who's... I can't believe someone's gone to the effort to leave this comment. <laughs> but it simply says, utter bilge. Wow. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that utter bilge, listeners. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, where do you stand on, on 60th? Do you want all the Doctors back? Do you just want a good story? Uh, I, I don't know. I, give, Shall give, I tell you what I'd like? Go on. We've got a very rare opportunity here for the first episode of a new doctor to coincide with an anniversary there is no reason that we couldn't have an anniversary special introducing the 14th doctor so i would actually be quite up for just making that the focus and be like what more do you want fans what better celebration of doctor who is there than a brand new doctor how exciting is that mm. Um, and just really make the most of that. Maybe give them a 90-minute, you know, feature-length, you know, epic-scale story to really kick their era off with a bang. And maybe you can find a cheeky way to sneak some cameos in at certain points. Maybe they cross paths with a few of their others. But don't make that the focus, you know. Have, have our brand-new Doctor front and centre. 
I, I, I think that would be a really good way to do it. I, I think we've had this idea in the past, but I think give me some old companions instead. Yeah, yeah. So brand new Doctor bumping into Donna and yeah. Martha. Maybe not Martha. Amy. <sighs> I, 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 every time, Matt. Every, she's great. Martha's great. You leave Martha alone. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess more importantly, Matt, regardless of what we end up getting in terms of who's in it, who's not, we know we will be getting something for the 60th anniversary and we know RTD will be writing it. Is that enough to make you excited for it? Um, I'm sure I'll be all right, yeah. 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 I, I think the closer we get, the more excited I'll be. Yeah. I mean, it is still nearly two years away. That's it. Like, it's like asking me what am I going to do on my 39th birthday. Just like, don't know, sure it'll be nice, but... At the minute, <laughs> just not really that bothered. Yeah. I also, I do wonder, though, whether Capaldi's um, protesting a touch too much there. I find it hard to believe, unless the script was a, was atrocious, that he would genuinely turn down the opportunity to do a multi-doctor story. That's my gut feeling. I could be mistaken. He could stick to his guns on that one, but, uh, yeah. I... The, being the fan that he is, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't find that a fun opportunity. Yeah, like he, he speaks so highly about the show, whether or not he was on it or not. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll be um, back. He will, he will. We'll see. Um, all right then, Matt. Orford 55. Yeah. I cannot wait for this. Yeah. David, we've got a lot of listener tweets if you're interested. I'm not, Matt. I'm absolutely not. You know what? Genuinely, I'm not. Because we, we discussed last week, Orphan 50 Heart 5 has a reputation within the fandom. The received wisdom is that it is terrible. One of the worst episodes in the history of New Who. Um, I think it's... It, are we right in saying that it's currently the lowest ranked episode on IMDb? Uh, quite possibly. Um, uh, and I'll look like that, that up whilst you're talking. Um, I had a very surreal experience with Orphan 55, wherein I watched it when it first went out. I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't think it was perfect, but I had quite a lot of fun with it. And I then went on the internet and everyone was just raging about it. Just, you know such bile and vitriol about what I thought was a fairly harmless little runaround of an episode. And I just couldn't get my head around it at all. Um, so I've watched it a couple of times since, most recently um, a couple of nights ago. And I'm sticking to my guns. I think it's good episode, some bad bits. That's where I stand on Orphan 55. What about you, Matt? Um, I don't want to be too harsh on it. But if I said bad episodes, some good bits, I can't think of any good bits off the top of my head. Really? Nothing yeah. about it that you enjoyed? Um, I watched it this morning, and I'm trying to think of what the best bit was. Um, if I was going bad episodes, some good bits, the best bit is the design of the aliens. Yeah, uh, that's um, solid alien design. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will also stick my, my, my flag in here and say this episode contains two of the best moments of comedy in the history of the Jodie Whittaker era. Wow. I'm just putting it out there. I hope it's there, not the bit where are... I wrote down, hold on, in my notes. Oh, yeah, I wrote down a bit where I was just like, is this supposed to be funny? We'll, we shall see. We shall see if our, if our senses of humour diverge sufficiently. Uh, but genuinely, there are two moments in this episode that never fail to make me laugh out loud. And I can't say that about a lot of other uh, episodes of the Jodie Whittaker era, to be honest. So, um, yeah, let's uh, uh, tell me then who who wrote it, who directed it. What, what are we looking at here? Uh, so it's written by Ed Heim. Yep. Uh, uh, who so... who also provided uh, it takes you away for yeah. last series. I don't know when I read that this morning. I was like, oh, that episode wasn't that bad. But then I was just like. At the time, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I managed to talk you around a little bit on it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently, apparently, I'm just a lot more in tune with Ed Heim's style than a lot of the fandom, I guess. Yeah, but I, I, I was talking about this this week because I, I was talking to some other podcasters. Yeah, and they were joking about. Uh, how me and you have a very different approach to the show. And I I, I finally cracked it. I worked out why. Why is that? And it's quite simply because you're an artist and I'm a scientist. (laughs) Possibly, yeah. Like, I I have to dissect everything for truth, whereas you're willing to accept beauty in things. It's possible. I mean, to be fair, you know, I, I'm an artist who does like science. You know, I'm not someone who, I, I you know, but in some ways, because I, I do see the beauty in science, you know, um, the, the way that it can shape our world and things. And it, I, I, I'm very much of the opinion that, that, that those that, those things are not as diametrically as opposed as, as some people seem to claim. I mean, you, you look at... Um, great works of architecture what are they if not perfect marriages of science and art um but uh, anyway i do see where you're coming from in that you have a you tend you come at this show wanting it wanting it to behave itself yeah (laughs) and i am forever delighted when it displays no interest in doing so, and and when it just flagrantly disregards all the rules of normal television storytelling, See, um, which I'm, this episode does do a bit. I'm I'm just looking because the director Lee Haven Jones, yeah, uh, doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which is always yeah. like alarm bells for me, right? Uh, um, and he he just. He's just directed episodes of a lot of different TVs shows. Yeah. Like, he's done The Indian Doctor. Right. Wizards vs. Aliens, Waterloo Road, uh, Vera, just a bit, Casualty. Just a bit, bit of a BBC journeyman, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, you 
know, there's no harm in that. I don't. I mean, I will. I will say, I don't think the direction is the best the show has ever had by any stretch. Yeah. Um, uh, but he he was nominated for a Welsh BAFTA for this episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can't I, I, if you can't win a just... Welsh BAFTA, <laughs> I was going to say, how wide a pool is it with the Welsh BAFTAs at the end of the day? Um, yeah. No offence to Wales. Um, but, yeah, look, like I say, I don't think this is perfect, but also I do not, I genuinely do not understand the people who come in saying this is the worst episode of New Who. Because I'm like, have you seen Fear Her? Have you seen Curse of the Black Spot? This is infinitely more entertaining than those episodes. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're all entitled to our opinions, aren't we? Um, should we get stuck into it, Matt? Yeah, I don't we've think we've got anything else to discuss, have we? I don't believe so. Right, so. No pre-title scene this week. Nope, just uh, just straight in there. Yeah. Which was got... common in Series 11 as well. Yeah, but I got accustomed to like a little bit beforehand. The last two yeah. episodes, I think, had them. I mean, certainly it, it was it was consistent across all of the RTD and Moffat era. I'm a big fan of it. I really hope that it is one of the things that does get firmly reinstated in the uh, the RTD 2 era. Because, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a really nice way to draw you into, especially a show like Doctor Who, where you just get this little sense of like, Oh, what are we doing this week? Oh, right, this. Okay, here we go. And then you've got the title sequence to just... I don't know. It whets the appetite, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so we open with the fan mopping the TARDIS floor. Yeah. Uh, there's big squid tentacle. Turns out it was mating season. And, you know, this is what we... T- I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where... The yeah. adventure kind of starts mid-adventure. Yeah. Which is good. Again, big fan of that. I, I, I love hints that that we're not seeing everything that this gang got up to. And it's usually the stuff that, that the BBC would never have budget for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Graham has won a free holiday. Mm-hmm. So if you get six little tokens on the TARDIS coffee machine, it turns out, those tokens are perfect squares because it's a teleport cube. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you what, David, the doctor doesn't want to go on holiday because she's in a right stinking mood. Yes, she is a bit, isn't she? Yeah. Turns out Spyfall like, maybe had a bit more of an impact on her than we thought. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really go anywhere because for the rest of this episode, she's fine and she just gets on with it. Well, she's got something to do, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe between all the episodes, the Doctor just has a massive sulk. <laughs> just just like, why won't the Daleks just let me be? Just... Uh... <laughs> right. So they're going to the Tranquility Spa. Yeah. And here's a question I've got for you, David. Yes. What the hell's going on with that host? Hyphen 3 or whatever she's called. Yeah, hyphen with a 3. Yeah. Like, what's that costume all about? It is, without doubt, one of the worst 
costumes in the history of Yoo-Hoo. I will grant anyone who's, you know, I'm going to defend this episode a lot. I cannot, in good consciousness, d- defend the e- either the costume or the performance, quite frankly. Yeah, it's all not awful. a good, su- not a good supporting character. Very to me, very reminiscent of the the John Nathan Turner eighties era Doctor Who at its worst. Are you familiar with the film Spaceballs, David? I am, and I know exactly what yeah. you're referring to. There. Yeah. Looks like is it John Candy in Spaceballs? Yes, like yeah, I forget Portland's the name of his Chewbacca. character. Yeah. yeah. Or Snarf from the Thundercats. I just... mean, it's just the fact that, that she genu- the face the face makeup genuinely looks like she's just had her face painted uh, a village fate. Yeah. It is that level. <laughs> and Incredibly yeah. like we've seen cat people done better ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's really it's really ropey. Um which is a shame, but like I say, it doesn't it doesn't destroy the episode for me. But uh, yeah, I can't I can't defend really any of the creative choices around the character of Hyphen with a three. Yeah, and earlier on when I said I like the design of the alien, that wasn't what I was talking about. No, I figured I figured it wasn't. Right. So the Doctor is really struggling to relax. So it's all inclusive. Yeah. You know, uh, Graham's going to go for a big sit. And the Doctor's just yeah. like, oh, I can't be bothered. It is quite a good Graham moment, I think, when he outlines his plan, which is, I'm going to sit here for a couple of hours, then I'm going to go and sit over there. And just, uh, yeah. I, I, Look, I really like Graham's vibe. I feel like we haven't quite had this on the TARDIS before. Of, like, he's enjoying the adventures and all of that, but also... He doesn't need it twenty four seven, you know, like no. like the youngins do. Yeah. Um, so turns out something has infiltrated the spa. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we're introduced to Vilma and Benny. Yes. Yeah. So they're two of the night... all time great supporting characters of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, they're just a couple of old folks, you know. Yeah. Just enjoying each other's company, relaxing. Yeah. Uh, Benny has plans to propose. They've been together for a long time. Yeah. You know, Vilma says, I don't need a proposal. I love you. But he's got plans within plans. Yeah. Uh, then they're interrupted by Yaz, who, you know, just has like a nice little chat with them. Yes. Yeah. Good timing, uh, Yaz. And then Ryan. I, I, I'm, can I say, I could be wrong. I think that is the most significant Yaz moment of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much all downhill for, for Yaz from that point on. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. we see Ryan now buying some crisps. Goes anywhere in the universe and all he really wants in his all-inclusive is a bag of crisps. Yeah. Uh, I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And he's zapped by a hopper virus. Yes. Okay. So, this is the first bit um, that I would I would class as a genuinely great bit of comedy. It really makes me laugh. It is very very silly. It's like CBB's level of silly, but I don't care. I think it's funny. I think Jodie Whittaker's fast 
talking performance coupled with um uh why am i blanking on the actor plays ryan's name um what is his name why have i forgotten uh, thingy cole Tosin Cole, that's it. So, yeah, Jodie Whittaker's fast-talking performance coupled with Tosin Cole's excellent physical comedy in the background. I think it just it works really well as a little set piece for me. Uh, I'll, I'll just read you this verbatim. Go for it. Uh, something has infiltrated the spa. Uh, Ryan gets zapped by a hopper virus when buying some crisps and collapses. Ryan hallucinates and sees bats. I hate everything about this. Yeah, thought you might. So yeah, yeah I, I I can't I can't change how you feel, Matt. That's fine. What what I hate most is right. They keep giving Ryan these funny things to do. You know, yeah. like he did hand puppets in the last series, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But, but they keep giving him the funny things to do, but then they never mention like oh ryan's funny isn't he like yeah they don't capitalize on it all the time yeah that's is, that's what i'm trying to say yeah like, which is a thing that isn't very much a criticism i would level with how his character is dealt with it across his run but um that doesn't take away from the moments when he is funny and we get to see Toast and Cole making the most of those moments. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I make no apology for the fact that that scene does make me laugh. Okay. So, all the guests are asked to assemble due to an emergency at the resort. And as everyone's running around in a bit of a panic, Ryan hides. He's told he needs to suck his thumb because that'll help with the hallucinations. Yeah. And we're introduced to Bella, the hotel critic. Yes. And, uh, I mean, you'd think Ryan's already had enough to do. He's done well the thing. He can, uh, he can yeah. sit back for the rest of the episode. But no, he gets a whole subplot where yeah. he fancies a lady. Yeah. Just, yeah. just great, isn't it? So... <laughs> Just, just great. Uh, the doctor pretends to be health and safety because she wants yep. to investigate what's going on with hyphen three. Hyphen three is going into a linen closet. The doctor mm -hmm. follows, and this is where we're introduced to Kane, the security chief. Yeah. Just great, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, Matt. Okay. How about you? So she asks Kane what's going on, and whilst this is happening, a creature attacks some of the guests. They can't yeah. evacuate the spa because of this hopper virus, which has infiltrated the mainframe. And we see there's actually more than one of these creatures. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we get a real waste of a celebrity cameo, as Jay Buckley is playing the part of Nevi, a maintenance man. Yeah, I mean, hi. okay. Let look. Let's just let's just begin with the most important thing. Terrible wig. Terrible wig. Dyed his beard green. Wig. Yeah, like N not not a good choice. You know, well I, reputed I, as a comedy actor, they don't give him anything funny to do. 
Uh, I mean, look, it's a little bit. It's it's a it's a bit more subtle, but the the whole the whole subplot of, you know, he thinks he's a great handyman, but actually he's, you know, his son is an absolute genius, and he's barely getting by. That's a cute little subplot. That's about all you need for supporting characters in an episode like this. And I think on paper, it's fine. Um, I think the, the direction is a little bit slack at times. And I think the biggest problem is, as I say, those terrible wigs, which just make it really distracting in every scene they're in. Like, I cannot look at them and not be thinking the whole time, that's a terrible wig. Because either in the future, evolution yeah. has dictated he's got that colour hair because his son's got it as well. Or they've just made the poor decision to dye their hair green. Um, or option C, they're aliens, which I think is what is actually intended. Mm. I don't like it. Are but you a yeah. fan of the in-betweeners? Uh, I enjoyed the series as it was airing. I've not got back, gone back and re-watched it, and I have not seen any of the films. Okay. Which I, I, I'm under the impression of aren't great... First film's good, second one, not fantastic. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like this, the series itself kind of wrapped things up nicely. I didn't really feel the need to watch the film when it came out, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was a good series. What do you, What about you? You a fan yeah. of In Between Us? I quite like it. Now, here's the big question. This really divides my friendship group. Okay. What is better, the in-betweeners or Peep Show? Oh, um... Good question. Okay. I don't know that I have an honest answer for this. So, for things to things to consider here, right? This, uh, you do realise you've, you've now added a solid five minutes onto this episode with that question. <laughs> it's fine. We'll, we'll just get emails of complaint, but we won't read them. Um, okay, look... First things first, Peep Show did it first, right? Uh-huh. That particular stuff, you know, the in between us doesn't happen without Peep Show. I think that's worth acknowledging. Um, secondly, Peep Show ran longer and probably has more great episodes as a result. But also, I think after its first three series, Peep Show basically hit this this pattern of every subsequent series, three, it would be three good episodes and three pretty awful ones. It, I think I think Peep Show from series four onwards just gets wildly inconsistent, um, and has very scant regard for things like character development. Like characters just appear and then disappear and then change in really weird ways sometimes and like uh, peep show is not a perfect show by any means for me um whereas i think in between us you've only got three series and they're all pretty solidly good yeah um so there is an argument to be made that in between us is a more consistently entertaining well-executed show but as I say, I think the concept is basically let's do Peep Show 
but with sixth form students instead of uh, men who at least at the beginning are in their their mid twenties. So, yeah, that doesn't answer your question because it was a simple either or, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say Peep Show. Peep Show. Because, you know, Peep Show came out at an age when I was just, you, you know, I, I was just there from it, from the word go. Um, so it's more special to me, I guess. I could tell you an amazing fact about the first ever episode of Peep Show, but uh, I I don't know whether I want it out on the pod. You know what? I think you might have already told me, and I don't know whether it was on pod or in the car en route to recording an episode. So, um, I won't I won't repeat it. Yeah. But I think I I think I know what you're referring to. Um, here's another question, David. Yes. Because I thought we'd be recording a little bit later tonight. Yeah. So I yeah. put out a poll on Twitter asking which segment people thought would be, you know, the better of the two, the uh, have I got who's for you or the A to Z. And that poll's yeah. just ended. Would you yes. like to hear the results? I would love to hear the results, Matt. I'm sorry, David, we don't do listener feedback. Right, <laughs> I'm just going to put that to one side. Right. So okay. Uh, the creature just keeps killing people. Yeah. And Ryan and Bella hide in a steam room. Yeah. Okay. The security team begin to panic, and the guests believe they're going to be teleported away. But that could only happen if the doctor can fix the ionic membrane. Yeah. Uh, I've just put. In my notes here, monster design is pretty good. It is. It's solid. Yeah. I feel like all, all, I think a lot of the money for this episode went on that creature design. And uh, they were cutting corners a bit with some of the supporting cast as a result. Yeah. Uh, where am I up to? Yeah, the monster gets zapped away and we find out that the creatures are the dregs. Indigenous creatures. Uh-huh. And someone has hacked security to let them in. That's how they managed to get into the resort. Yeah. Because this resort is a fakecation. You're not really where you think you are. You're sort of trapped in this big hologram dome. And, you mm-hmm. know, you think the world's beautiful, but it's horrible outside. Good sci-fi concept. Yeah, I don't like, mind that. We're halfway, we're halfway there already, aren't we? Hmm. You know. Okay. With VR technology and stuff, so, yeah. But we find out Benny is outside the wall. Oh, no. He can survive because he's an old guy with an oxygen tank. Because the environment is rich in CO2, not much oxygen. That's how he's managed to survive. Yeah. So, we get a little security briefing where everyone's tooling up, ready to leave the resort to go save Benny. Yes. And we find out the name of this planet is Orphan 55. Yes. So that is where basically societies run a planet into the ground. It becomes uninhabitable. All the rich people leave and all the problems are left behind. Yeah. Again, good sci-fi concept. I can believe it. Okay. So the planet's uninhabitable, except for the dregs, because... 
the terraforming of this planet is being bankrolled by this luxury resort. Uh huh. You go there, you pay for your holiday, and the funds are used to terraform the planet. Yeah. Okay. We find out Benny is being tracked by a motion sensor, and he's moving pretty fast because the dregs have him. Yes. Um, second real laugh-out-loud moment of the episode, um, where I think it's Kane says he's moving at 37 clicks an hour, and Vilma says, that doesn't sound like my Benny. Mm. <laughs> Come on, that is just gr- straight-up great dialogue. Mm. Anyway. No? It's just great, isn't it? Great. I really... I, it's an entertaining episode. Um, look, uh, we should probably mention as well, Benny very quickly achieved meme status within uh, the Doctor Who fandom. Okay. Like, awful... In the, in the wake of Orphan 55, an awful lot of comments on Reddit, Reddit threads and things and, and, and meme images and GIFs. It's just, Benny! Yeah. Right. I think I think we might have got some messages along those along lines. Along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never know, though. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so, the Doctor works out that these dregs are very adaptable. You have to keep changing your guns because yep. when you shoot them, it might not kill them because they might have learned how to survive. Good trick if you can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's a plot point that goes nowhere. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. That does feel very much like a remnant of, of an earlier draft or something, doesn't it? Mm. So Ryan again tries to flirt with Bella mm-hmm. and in amongst this the vehicle that they're in which is the most generic sci-fi vehicle of all time breaks <laughs> down in a trap set by the dregs. Mm-hmm. So we need to get to a nearby service tunnel but would you believe that's also surrounded by dregs. So we all run back yeah. to the truck. Yeah. Uh, then Benny calls out to Vilma. So the dregs are keeping Benny alive, probably to draw everyone out to kill them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, can I ask you a couple of questions? The first being, Vilma, will you marry me? And the second, if any of you can, can you please kill me? Yeah. Uh, uh, Come on. Do you not think that's quite a good sort of like funny and chilling moment? Yeah, yeah, but at this point, I was like, uh, I was wondering if it was going to be one of those cases where it wasn't really him. It was like the aliens using his voice to trick people. All right, okay, yeah, that's a very Moffaty thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that, but yeah, no, I I really like that because it, it, it's just it's God, that's one of the darkest things I think I've ever heard in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they make a break for it to run to the tunnels and deservedly so Hyphen is killed Uh, (laughs) not a great loss for the episode is it a fitting end deserved no better yeah okay so they reached the tunnel Uh, it turned out that Kane head of the security team had shot Benny yeah, and everyone's a bit like, "All oh, right, that's a bit, bit much." Yeah. Uh, so I mean, apart from apart from anything else, he was the whole reason they went out there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So 
so if you think about it, everything that happens after this point, um, you know, potentially could have been avoided if they'd just admitted that, that Benny was a goner because he was beyond the walls. Um, which obviously isn't the Doctor's MO. She wouldn't just stand by and, and let that happen. But, but, you know, she has failed in her attempt to save this man. And he's not the only casualty we get from this point on. So, no. yeah. So, Bella steals Kane's gun, turns it on Kane. Yeah. And... You know, we get a nice, nice little revelation here. Yeah, well, I was like, oh, she must just be mad that Kane's an animal that killed poor old Benny, but it just turns out that Kane is Bella's mum. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I don't like. I mentioned this with the master and that whole sprinting thing. I don't like it where there's a revelation without any clues. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like clues are overrated. Maybe that's just me. I'm I'm not a big fan of this is this feeling that everything has to have been seeded, you know, two episodes prior or earlier in the episode itself and everything's got to be payoff and like you know, everything's got to be clues and fodder for speculation about where the series is going to be going. I'm just here for the ride. And frankly, that's not how life works. Life is full of randomness and happenstance and people just not knowing stuff and then suddenly finding it out. So I kind of don't understand why stories can't be like that sometimes. I'm trying to think if there's any revelation I can tell you about myself that's going to blow your mind. (laughs) I mean, we've been podcasting for a while now, Matt. I feel <laughs> I'd be amazed if you have. My well ran dry about after episode twenty. I've not had a very interesting life. Um, <laughs> what if I told you when I was about ten years old, uh, I once thought I was going to die because I ate some out of date Rolo yogurts and it made me shit myself so badly. <laughs> I was in bed for about three days. Just Hitting myself. Oh gosh, that's uh, that's brutal. Yeah, as yeah. a little boy, I was convinced I was going to die. Oh god, um, that's bleak. And for Rolo yogurts as well, that's yeah, that's that's not worth the risk, no, is it? No, um, I genuinely, I don't think, I don't think there's any big secrets of my life I haven't told you. I'm not really a secrets person. No. In all honesty. And the thing is, most of the stories are funny. Like, a lot of people would have been embarrassed when they, like, fell down the stairs and hurt themselves. But I was just like, that is great content. <laughs> Get it on the docket. <laughs> Every misfortune that befalls you now is just uh, it's just something to fill ten minutes of airtime. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like... <laughs> It's all right. We can we can we can move on from this. But yeah, it is just something that I I'm a bit. I, look, I, I I understand that it is fun. It, it's it's satisfying to pick up on little hints and then have them paid off at a later point. I get that that is satisfying, but I'm just saying, I feel like if we if we believe that every quote unquote revelation in every story needs to be handled in that way 
that limits our opportunity for the kinds of stories we can tell. Mm-hmm. That's all the point I'm, I'm trying to make, really, yeah, I think. Right, so Kane is Bella's mum. Bella and Ryan teleport away, and everyone else has to head through the Dreg Nest to get back to the uh, resort. Yeah. Uh, Bella wants to blow the spa up just to teach Kane a lesson, but yeah. Kane wants to work at the spa to give her daughter a good life. Yeah. As we move through the tunnels, through the Dreg Nest, we see a sign, David. Yes, we do. And it's written in Russian. Mm. Because we're in an old Siberian tunnel, because Orphan 55 is Earth. They planet of the apes dust, man. Yeah, you maniacs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how did you feel at that point? Um... I didn't really mind. It was all right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not think... the worst bit of that revelation, is it? No. I mean, I think... I don't know if this is the moment that loses most people or if most people are already lost before we get to this point with this episode. It sounds like you, we, we that this episode lost you quite early on. Like, possibly with the hopper virus in, in the vending machine. Yeah, well, but this 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 morning, well, yesterday morning even. Yeah. Uh, so my wife's got a day off today, and we were trying to plan what we were doing. And yeah. We agreed, if nothing else, we were going to have a lovely Sunday roast together. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Good plan. Then my wife went out to tend to her horses. Um, I had a little day on the sofa just watching TV. And when she came back, her mum had invited herself to come for Sunday dinner as well. Right. So my options were go downstairs and spend time with my mother-in-law or stay upstairs and watch this. So either way, I wasn't very happy whilst I was watching this, David. (laughs) I was just a prisoner in my own home. (laughs) Ah, dear. I did tell you to go into this one with an open mind, but uh, hey-ho. Yeah. Right. So, Vilma then sacrifices herself to save everyone, because she's slowing the group down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Bella's bomb blows up the resort mainframe uh, with, you know... It doesn't really do anything other than blow up the resort, does it? Uh, I, I can't remember now. It makes things more difficult for everyone. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. It doesn't help, certainly. Right. So they move through the dreg nest to the stairs below the resort. The doctor's oxygen level drops to below 1%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bit of drama, get a move on. Got to get there nice and quick. And she mind scans a sleeping dreg. Yeah. So here's a question, David. Yes. War. What is it good for? Well, quite. I've often thought that. Mm, you know, it's just... We're just being foolish, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're destroying the very world around us. We're arguing yeah. over the washing up whilst the house burns down. Yeah. So, yeah, we get a bit self-righteous for a bit here. And we do. We find out... I mean. There's, there's, I feel like there's space for that within Doctor Who. Mm. Keep politics out of Doctor Who for me, please. 
Yeah. Okay. And then we find out that the dregs take in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. So I was like, are they plants? Are they photosynthesizing? Um, Maybe. Yeah. We don't, we don't know the exact biology, but we know that they have adapted in such a way that they have essentially uh, flipped our respiratory system. But that wouldn't do any... They'd still have to give out carbon dioxide. Because if they're taking in carbon dioxide, they would take in a little bit of water, and then they would produce glucose and oxygen. But then you need oxygen to break down glucose for respiration. Well, all right, science teacher. So this is... They are technically plants. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. They're very angry plants. Yeah. But also... They're people. Yeah. Um, so, it looks like Kane sacrifices herself again for the Doctor to escape. Everyone's just sacrificing themselves one after the others. Uh, yeah. This is where we get the revelation that the dregs are just freaky mutated humans. And not just yeah. that, there's bloody loads of them. Yeah. Okay. So, Nevi needs to fix the teleporter. We haven't heard or said anything about him for a while. Uh, well, but nice to have him back. He needs some sort of certain fuel that you get from taking normal fuel and putting that virus in it. Yeah. Okay. Chekhov's hopper virus. Yeah. Classic. Uh, so when they go to fix that, his son runs away, and you think, mm -hmm. "Oh God, he's going to disappear," but he just reappears in a moment's time, just like, "All right, what's going on?" <laughs> so they run about for a bit and work out that oxygen weakens them. Yeah. While Silas, who is... I mean, he's so insignificant, we've only just said his name, that's Nevi's son, works on the field for the teleporter. Mm -hmm. The Doctor tries to reason with a trapped dreg by being really preachy and talking about environmentalism. Mm -hmm. And Ryan and Yaz bomb all the dregs. There's one minute until teleport. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's too many people for the teleporter, David. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to nobly sacrifice themselves. Mm. I, I once got trapped in an elevator in London because it had too many people in it. Mm. And the reason that happened was uh, I was the only person in the elevator that spoke English. The rest were all Chinese, I believe. So mm. trying to explain to people who don't speak English why the lift had stopped and asking them, can you get out the way so I can talk to the person on the voice thing is really <laughs> complicated. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, there you go. That's a new story. There you go. A little revelation. Yeah. Um, I think that was when I went to London to go watch The Lion King. So there you are. Oh, what a treat. So there's too many people on the teleporter. So Bella steps off having kissed Ryan. Mm -hmm. And then, because they've reconciled, Kane steps off too. And we teleport the fam back to the TARDIS. Hooray. But there's no happy ending here because you're oh, all no. selfish, dirty, rotten scoundrels that are killing the planet. Wake up, people. Yeah. It's not too late to change. I mean... Like look, Greta Thunberg says, how dare you? It's easy to be sneery about a message like that. And yes, we are talking sledgehammer levels of subtlety here. But frankly, I feel like the time for subtlety has passed at this point. 
Do you not think that? Yeah. I just you think, know. like, come on. I don't bloody know what to make of this show anymore. <laughs> it's almost as though it's wildly inconsistent. Yeah. But also, at the same time, not very good. <laughs> it could be good. This episode is okay. It's, like, honestly, I, I keep coming back to this. I'm not saying it is the best episode the show has ever had, but I can think of far, far worse ones from every era. This is fine. It, and, you know, I, I am willing to die on that hill. I don't, I don't think Orphan 55 is a bad episode of Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, all right. As always, when I like an episode and you hate it, this has been a somewhat enjoyable slog. Yeah, we got through it, though. We, we got, got through it. it. And uh, next week could be uh, even more fun when we will be discussing Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Wow. That, that, that sounds so unappealing to me. <laughs> like, what you have said there is a list of words I simply do not care about. <laughs> Do you not think that sounds fun? No, no. <laughs> it's going to turn out that, like, electricity is an alien. We've done that. Yeah. We, we had the wire in, in uh, Idiot Stanton. That was basically what that was, right? Yeah, it could be a returning villain then, couldn't it? Yeah. I don't I I do think the wire is would be a great one to bring back. Mm. Um, it surprises me they've never tried to do anything different with The Wire. Well, it'll just be brilliant, won't it? Fantastic. It will. I'm, it will. I'm sure Geronimo. Be, I'm sure I'll be it's hanging such... off the edge of my seat with this one. Thank you very much, David. You have ruined my weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Um, but, yeah, I mean... As, I'll just reiterate this, Matt. Please do go into it with an open mind. Yeah. And, of course, if the listeners have any thoughts or feelings on the episode, please let us know. You know what, Matt? Look, look, I'm going to... Let's be serious, just for a moment. What about a compromise? What about we do one listener tweet next week? We don't like pick pick our favorite or anything. We we I don't know. We do it. We do it randomly. We roll a die or something. Right. And, this, uh, this this is what we're gonna do, David. Right. I'm gonna put a message okay. out asking for tweets. Yeah. And if we get a reply from BT Flippity Giggard, I'm gonna read that one out. Okay. But it needs to be even if it's thirty tweets long. Hey, hey. They know the rules. If it's over one tweet, I'm only reading one. Okay. Okay. But BT is the one that's pining. Desperate. And in fact, we got a message from our listener, Ariel, saying, oh, yeah. come on, bring it back. So if Ariel sends one in, I might read that as well. Okay. That's very kind of you, Matt. Right. But they better be good. If, <laughs> if, if, if I just read it and it's just like, 
this is an okay episode. Can't really remember much about it. Oh, I'll read it. I'll read it with some real vitriol. You better be ready for that, David. All right. Ah, uh, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more now. Talking about uh, the episode with you, or or uh, our, our revamped listener tweet section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, uh, I'll, in the meantime, I'm going to have to think about uh, what my pick for the letter B will be for our new A to Z. Yeah, something exciting. Yeah. Uh, so lots to look forward to but until then as always thank you so much for listening everyone and until next time cheerio bye now thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.